Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. And I'm your co-host with five levels of exhaustion, Till. Our deputies are podcasts where we argue and sigh into the void. I'm going to nap. I'm just going to take a nap in the void. Uh, talk about various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast or following us at RWD underscore podcast on Instagram, where I'm sure that Till has just provided the best content. Uh, you know what? I feel like as a child, you nap so strong. And then as like a young adult, you have too much energy or want to do things and such. But then later into your adulthood, you're like, you know what? Fuck yeah, naps. Let's do Dude, this. I nap strong now. I love I naps. Do not. Love I a do good not, nap. But I will work on it. My problem is when I nap, my body, I don't know why, has trained itself ninety minutes. Then my then mm-hmm. I'm done. Like mm-hmm. I'm not I can't go longer than that. You know, I usually don't go shorter than that. It's just like you're done. You're like, even if I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to nap more. My body said, No, fuck you, get up. The last time that I actually tried and succeeded to take a nap like i'll try to take a nap but like you know there will be a creak like a like a creaking in the house somewhere and yep. i'll wake up from that yeah or somebody's dogs start barking or on a lawnmower there's always something and, and i'm very alert unless i am fucking dead asleep i am very alert so it takes a lot for me to get into that deep state white of sleep. noise machine yeah well i have tinnitus actually so that shit oh doesn't really that's so fun well um how did i not know well, that about you yeah 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 it's uh it's a newer development it actually started about uh november of of covid well that's thrilling and yeah it's just a constant ringing in my ears so i have my own internal white noise machine oh brilliant but the last time that i tried to succeed at taking a nap i slept on you know my comfy recliner chair right the gross ass plush brown one what the fuck's gross about that uh it's it's been around it has. And it it's has. probably seen some fucking shit. Oh, yeah. And have you oh, deep yeah. cleaned it? Oh, yeah. Several times. Anytime I move, actually, because I don't so want to bring stuff how, in. So not in a long time. Well, actually, I've been for the past couple years, ever since this exact story I'm talking about, I've uh, just put a comforter over it and I wash the comforter. I personally so, would not sleep on that. That's fine. But uh, I, I tried to take a nap and I rip Van Winkle that shit and slept for 17 hours straight. Nice classic yeah so so that's what happens when i nap that's a good that's a good that's a good solid nap yeah went What's to bed that? went took a nap at like two o'clock on saturday woke up much later on sunday it's that old dane cook joke no you didn't take a nap you had a coma yeah exactly there that's right everybody we were teenagers when hard dane to swallow cook. was a popular album welcome to our dane cook podcast <laughs> welcome to <laughs> We just wear uh, sweatbands on our wrists and uh, emotes loudly. We would be extremely unique if we were a Dane Cook podcast. I feel, I feel like, like there's not many of them. I bet you you are wrong. I bet you, A, he probably has one. Well, yes, he probably has and one. And B, but... there's probably a bunch of people who were also teenagers in the year 2004 and thought this is great. Have specifically a Dane Cook podcast. Not like a comedy we'll podcast. Look, we'll look up it later. We have, okay. a, we have our own mission to attend to, we as you know, sweet listener. Out. We're done fucking around. Part two, out of the abyss, into the abyss. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, Charlie McDaniels 2, Electric Boogaloo. You know? So, okay. 
you're, you know, you're pl- hypothetically, right? Your players yes. don't know they're playing out of the abyss. Hypothetically, they're they for whatever reason your players don't know. They escaped the underdark with their lives. They saw a demon tear apart a ku- kuatoa. Was that what we talked yes, about? Yes, the They maybe saw some mushroom people influenced by a giant demon. They saw madness creeping through the underdark. They escaped finally. Fought ghosts, fought were rats, fought giants. They do you think they themselves hey, we should maybe go back there. I think I think all of them got a tattoo on like on either the front or the back of their hands that just says never again. Hashtag that never way, again. That way they don't forget. So when Brunor, King Brunor of Gauntelgrim, a dwarf sends a letter or a sending or an animal adventure or whatever to the players saying, come back to discuss matters of grave importance concerning your experiences in the Underdark. The players think to themselves, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But they got to go. Uh, honestly, um, if I was running this pre-made and they got out and this exact scenario happened where they get summoned back and they said no we don't want to i would honestly just move to another adventure i have a coworker who didn't didn't know out of the under out of the abyss and they played through it they did it and it's just as wild hearing him describe the playthrough as it sounds yeah but if i was you know i don't want to go back in the fucking underdark but big adventure down there big time adventure Huge time adventure. I would just move, like, if they said, I want to stay up top, I'd be like, okay, we'll move on to, like, you know. You come out of the Underdark and into Ravenloft. Fuck you. Yeah, congratulations. You come out of the Underdark, and guess what? The surface is also the Underdark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Upside Down, bitch. You can't escape, bitches. Ooh, that would be awful. Um, So, you know, players get summoned to talk with the king. I don't, I think that's pretty, like... Pretty heavy-handed, but whatever. You need a, a hook needs a hook, right? Yep. Sometimes uh, the railroad leads one way. And the king just says, "Listen, there's some shit happening in the Underdark. Demons are influencing the Underdark. We got to get this together. We got to figure this out." I Foul creatures idea. swarm the Underdark. Yeah, I, I love the idea that most likely every like the characters know this, but they haven't told anyone, perhaps. And maybe that's why the king is just now like, oh, there's some weird shit happening. So the, the players might have told their factions, right, that they belong to, <laughs> supposedly. Um, what factions are factions down here? No, no, in... in, in what are the, <laughs> when they go up top, I get it. Harper's... But, yeah. uh, the, when, they get, when they get up top, they might tell people, like, hey, by the way, order the Gaul and Emerald Longcliffe. BT-dubs, because all these factions have their own interests, so they might have an interest in sending the players back down. Uh-huh. The Zentarim, right? They're involved in shit. And uh, players go back down. That, that you know. <laughs> Fuck it. It just sucks to think about. Uh, I know. I wouldn't want to do it. In fact, we started out of the abyss, left, and didn't go back. I mean, yeah, that was that was a bit of a different circumstance. We went from. We changed DMs and went from the pre-made to a homebrew. So that, that makes sense. So we found ourselves in the Underdark at a like neutral outpost, Mantle Dareth, which is 
interesting. It's like a trading post where everybody agrees not to kill each other. What more can you ask for? But there's also like a... There's also like a subplot where there's a gem. <laughs> uh, it's been passed around a lot. It's driving people mad. Fraz Urblue has transferred his evil life force into a gem and players might encounter it or an, or an, a number of other things, right? That they might encounter before they like go deeper into the underdark. But what we're hoping that they discover or learn about, I don't remember who, I don't remember who they learn about it from, um, but they do want to find out about the best library the underdark has to offer. I don't, how, how do they learn about it? Remind me. What part are you at? I'm at Mantle Dareth, and I know where they go from here. They go into the depths, and they go to Graven Hollow, but I can't remember. I'm in Mantle Dareth, Chapter 9. I don't even remember the fucking library part. You know, the library is the best part of this adventure. I mean, I remember, like, going, but I don't remember them getting, like, I remember why they got sent there. They got sent there to learn shit, basically. Yeah, but by who? I can't remember fucking who sends in there because there's so many goddamn characters and there's so many things to do here that I don't remember who sends you where. It is notable, though, that there is a beholder in Mantle Dareth. As well there should be. There should always be a beholder everywhere, period. Yes, because... Uh, Spread them around. It's kind of relevant later. But the uh, the players can... Learn about the havoc being caused in Mantle Dareth. Inform the people of this fact who will deal with it. Um, and then share disturbing news from other towns. Right? And I the, like some of the uh, some of the NPCs they make in Chapter 9. Um, they just feel fun, some of them. Others not so much, but some of them just they feel fun. Um, especially, I like, I like the drow. Um, you know, uh, what's what's what were their names? Sarek and what's the other dude? The, the fucking Zilchin. Zilchin. Great names. Yeah. You know, and Zilchin's got a cool look. He's got the one white eye and the one red eye. And just, I like some of them. But as a whole, I felt like chapter nine was pretty fucking useless. It's pretty useless. It was a lot of filler. It was just like, uh, it was an opportunity, you know, like one session for players to explore a town. Basically, like a like a you know edgy evil town, but generally speaking, players in here I think from from what's his name, Gazrim Dulok, learn I think from him learn about Graven Hollow, which is the library they're going to go to. But before that, we get a whole chapter in this book, chapter ten. I don't know what section it is for you. You got a whole chapter that's just descent into the depths. And it's just it's just navigating, exploring the underdark and random events, underdark outposts, you know, running again, around. We've already done this in previous chapters. We're doing it again. They're doing it again because you're going into deeper, more fucking horrible spots. It's only it's a short chapter. It's maybe I think like eight pages. It's not super long, but it's got a lot of information in it. Yes. Retracing um, your steps to other places. New downtime activities. Uh, I like the random events can range from, you know, creature encounters, demon encounters, all the way to 
oh no, your supplies have spoiled. <laughs> like, oh no. But something important that we haven't really mentioned is at this point in the adventure, there's like a, a written expectation in this book that players are traveling with NPC characters. <clears throat> yes. And isn't it's like a small army. There's an expectation that you will pick up more than one little NPC orphan who has information or has their own motivation or whatever to bring along with you. Some of them are kind of plot hooks. Some of them are helpful allies. We haven't really talked about it because there's so fucking many of them that you that have their own things going on mm-hmm. to bring along with you. So I say that because one of the random events that you could get a 20 on the random events table for navigating the dark is just vanishing NPCs. You just wake up and somebody's gone from your party. <laughs> Which makes sense, actually, if you think about it. They go missing and they're never seen again. Yeah. Um, I like that one of the random events, 20, gets you good old-fashioned uh, Jubilek shows up. Yeah, the uh, the ooze. The, 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 the demon prince of oozing. So, right, you roll a, tw- um, a 7 to 9, a demon encounter, and then you roll another d20. Some of them are not great. Most of them are fine. Nineteen twenty, Jubilix, just a demon. Yeah, all the other Lord. ones doable, Sur- survivable, easy. Well, yeah, survivable. Then, survivable. You just, then you, one of them is a, yeah, arguably them a weaker, but still a demon prince. Yeah, yeah, you're level nine, maybe ten at this point. Yeah, I think I think your expectation is nine ish. So yeah, the challenge rating twenty three uh, demon seems a bit rough. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's plenty of parts in this book where it says characters might expect to make a new character now. <laughs> that That's probably one of my favorite notes that I took. And you'll see it a bunch. Um, I think it's cha- it's in the labyrinth. I think it's chapter 14 um, where they have the, p- the potential to run into two different demon princes. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, there's a very good chance that your party is going to run die. into two demon princes. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a very good chance that your that your characters might die. So just you know, make sure you have plans for yep. either how to bring them back, backup characters, things like that. I think honestly, going into this campaign, after even what I've been reading, I'd tell everyone to have like three characters ready to go. Probably right. So the 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 distances between things in the Underdark based on this adventure mm-hmm. are vast. Yes, dozens of miles. Right. Yes, at minimum. Days so and days of. You're travel. supposed to be taking days, so you do a random encounter every other day. But goddamn. If your party's not good at passing the time or role playing, when you say, okay, a day passes without incident, and then another day passes and your supplies are spoiled, like that's a boring hour that we're going to play of random encounters. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. chapter 10, don't, die, don't do this. <laughs> I like the idea of the uh, downtown activity of establishing an outpost. Uh, I like that yeah. idea. Why? I, feel, I don't I feel like it, it, the thing that that I love about uh, campaigns is the idea of having a, a home base and being able to go there to resupply, re- recoup, whatever you need to do. Um, and this is a way to get it in a very hostile, unforgiving place. And so I like the idea of them providing that idea uh, and making it so that the DM has a way to provide this for the characters. The biggest problem with the downtime activities and the sign of travel is like the adventures ongoing. And there's a, there's a pretty big pressure part that's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you, you know, your characters kind of have a sense of urgency, even if they're not exactly sure what the sense of urgency is. So eventually 
one day players get to a, a library. Hopefully you're remembering the library now. The Stone Library. The I remember the library. I just didn't remember who sent us here. Stone Library lies west... Wait. Uh, it lies 360 miles from Mantol Dereth, the town we were at. So, moving at the pace the players do, I don't remember the exact number, but call it 20 miles a day. You're talking 18 days of travel, mm-hmm. right? In the Underdark. Yeah. So... Get to Graven Hollow, to get where to the Graven Hollow, is. which is a cool library. It's magically protected. There's like ghosts of the future mm-hmm. and the past and the present inside of it. But the the ring you got from the guy who's, or you know, from the, essentially the guy who sent you, Gazrim, um, that guides them, the players, kind of to Graven Hollow. So that's that in theory could make the route pretty direct, but still a long fucking way. There are a couple other ways to get here. Society of Brilliance, maybe find a stone giant who gets here. But right at the beginning. Great NPC, right? When you're approaching the, the library, there's a basilisk. But no ordinary basilisk. No ordinary basilisk. He's intelligent and can talk, and it's actively trying not to turn people to stone. <laughs> so he, like, wants to talk to you, um, and then he's kind of their guide inside of the place. If I'm not mistaken, can't the basilisk cast Greater Restoration? Uh, yeah, here the stone giants taught his name is Veldiskar. Yeah, how to cast greater restoration, which the basilisk can do once per day. Oh, yeah, there it's like the last sentence. Yeah, so basically, anyone he which anybody he, feels he turns bad, to stone he feels bad and he fixes them. Yeah, speaking of turning things to stone, later, chapter um, 14. I have a problem that is a problem. It's really fucking okay. stupid. Okay. Anyways, library. We're going to talk about all the various stone things. We got stone giants. We got stone golems. We got some Galeb Durr. A lot I of mean, stone things here. Residents. A lot of stone things in the stone library. Ulthar. He's like, you know, one of the keepers. Urmas. You know, one of the keepers. Ustava. <clears throat> they are keepers of the past, the present, and the future. They are stone giants. I like that idea, actually. <laughs> they transcribe visions put them in the library basically record the library contains records of every event that's ever happened in the underdark i don't know the scale of what that means <laughs> right does that mean like oh um some character from earlier you know they took a shit does that uh, is that on a stone somewhere they don't is that a shit specify, for victory i mean they also don't specify how old the underdark is oh well, you'd assume it's so, older it's as old as the earth right well is it i don't i don't know yeah, so somehow, it's a lot of history that the DM might have to make up. Yes. So the library has these echoes. And I actually think this is such a cool like flavor feature. The library kind of remembers everybody who's been here. Mm-hmm. So you might, or who will ever be there. So there's, there's like little notes on ghosts of people who will be there. And they're actually really important people from you know, Faerun history, including the king that told you to come here when he's old and senile. Uh, but Elminster is a ghost of the future you could see. Illustrial Silverhand is a is a uh, human you can see, a wizard or ghost you can see. I I love it that there's people from all over or from how would you say from whenever who like might have information for you, mm-hmm. right? So players can kind of stay here for a long time and access records. Hi, um, my my favorite just feature of this place and we'll get it's a little bit after this but just a little bit after 
um, is that while in Graven Hollow, all creatures gain the benefit of the Comprehend Languages spell. Yes, I think Graven Hollow is a really cool place, and if you're looking to institute a like a like really powerful magical locale in your homebrew, I think this is a good reference point. Like yeah. cool library, or just, or just use it. Neutral, right? It's it's where if I, we had in a <clears throat> in a campaign we did. I had a library in a town. It's called the Scriptorium. You guys went there several times. Like, do you have information about this? Libraries are such a good way to mm-hmm. get your players back on track when they're off track. Yeah, such a great way to do that. Yeah, I liked the one. In, that was the one in Parlay, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like so that one. players eventually meet a very important character in the library, Vizarin Devere. Is he really that important? What do you mean? Though? He's key is to the he, rest of the adventure. Is he though? No, te- I think, technically I think... you don't need him, but he is the most direct way to achieve the rest of the adventure. I think it's very clear that while he, I mean, we'll get into it. Obviously we're spoiling shit. He is either your biggest ally or your biggest foe. Um, But I think you can easily tell where he stands on the good to evil scale by the fact that his bodyguard is a death slot. Yeah, but you have full control over it, right? If, if you were a, a neutral fighter, and I said, here's the control gem for a death slot. It's yours. You'd be like, hell yeah. Right? It's a weapon. Yeah, would I? I don't I don't know. That's that's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. So he can sell you on himself by saying Lolf is bringing demons to the Underdark and he's against it. Mm-hmm. So he's come to Graven Hollow to kind of figure out a plan. And players are probably like, eh, yeah, that's a plan. Uh, and they can. Uh, then, let's see. Go to, you know, do whatever else in the library. But eventually he says, hey, go meet me back at my tower. Tower of Vengeance. Just as a quick point. Um, uh, if the adventurers do try to attack Vizarin, which they'd be fools to. Uh, Vizarin, interesting enough can cast time stops so just keep that in mind for anyone trying to fight him he's don't. very powerful <laughs> don't he's literally he he literally made a tunnel later in the adventure that's a shortcut you can take it took him in centuries to make a tunnel mm-hmm. so he's been around a while yeah just telekinesis pulling rock it's, out yeah non-stop. like st- it's stone shape or whatever stone he was using whatever, so yeah. There's sections before you move on to the tower, possible visions for players. This is actually really great as well to give players a lot of background information they might not otherwise have about the Demon Princes, but more specifically, there's one, the very first one, about Gromf Banre, mm-hmm. who summoned, who actually summoned the demons um, to the Material Plane through kind of an accidental, pseudo-accidental, failed ritual, kind of. Something like that. Yeah, his motivations aren't super clear at this point, but... He's kind of responsible for yeah. this. Well, how much? How many of these would you give to the players? As many as they want, man. Okay. As many as they Fail fucking want. Gets... Like if they're if they're hanging around, yeah, dude. Why not? Because uh... you know the ones for the demons make them seem terrifying. Yes, I mean I don't think the demon princes should need any help, but I agree. But if like they're fucking around, I'm like, here's a vision of Orcus, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much. So they leave Graven Hollow. They could travel with Vizarin, or he can give them a map to get to his tower. Arage, I think is what it's called. Yeah. He says, time is of the essence. Let's fucking go. They're like, ah, no, we're going to take our time. He said, I'm going ahead. Catch up. 
His tower is cool, but again, it's not an area I think you need to spend a lot of time. So, what do you what you, you teaming up with Vizarin? Hell yeah. You like Vizarin? Hell, Vizarin is the most direct route to achieve what I want because he's a legendary wizard. Oh, he I probably knows say, shit. I mean, if by what I want you mean the way home, yeah, sure. No, to stop the demons. Fuck it, let them go. I'm I'm tired of this fucking. No, because the whole point is right. If they get a foothold in the underdark, they will eventually get out. So what? So we'll we gotta we gotta then. stop it. We can't let it nah, go. Yeah, we can wait. So there's there's plenty of other ways to get there, but Vizarin is the most direct, and in fact, that's why he gets a whole chapter to go to his tower, the Tower to, of Vengeance. Tower of Vengeance, Arage. Um, you could you can meet the other few occupants of the tower, which include a drow associate named Grin Grin Austel. No, yes, yes. Um, who is an apprentice wizard of of uh, Vizarin. And he's he's actually kind of a valuable person later. But other than that, the tower is not really worth exploring. It's just kind of an opportunity for Vizarin to share information and say, listen, yes. this is what's happening. I've got a fucking plan. And his plan is crazy. His plan crazy, is crazy, I think, is an understatement, but yes. So when I told you I had a coworker who played this and didn't know, he was describing this plan to me like as the most mind-blowing thing in the world. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> It's fucking insane. <laughs> yes. He's, he says, listen, we're going to get all the demons together and let them kill each other. And how, so, so essentially, we're going to make a talisman. It's called the Dark Heart. Yep. It takes a lot of shit to make it. We need an unhatched purple worm egg. We need the central eye of a beholder, six feathers from six different angels, the heart of a Gristro, demon, 13 Timasks, also known as devil mushrooms. A few drops of blood or ichor from a demon lord. And Grumpf, Baneries, Grimoire. So the guy who summoned them into the first place, his notes on the ritual to kind of change it. All of those things sound insane to acquire. So you have to get them, and then you have to make the Dark Heart, and then you put the Dark Heart somewhere. What does the Dark Heart do, though? It says, listen, demons, come here. Come over it's here. Like, it's like demon nip. It's a homing whatever it's like yeah uh you know deer urine for deer like they're gonna come over and sniff it like what the fuck is this shit and that in theory vizarin's plan is to have all the demons come to the dark heart and kill each other he has a spoiler again for this adventure he has a secondary plan love the secondary plan. which is the town ta- the, the the drow town um menzo beranzen is run by ladies the priestess of loth and he hates that he's very mad he's an incel uh, and he wants to destroy that city. So he says, hey, go drop the amulet there. That's where we'll have the battle. Mm-hmm. And players, I don't know, you know, they might be like, whatever, who cares? That's where his assistant comes into play. His assistant, um, Grin, who might be like, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> well, he, so Grin explains, and I don't know if it's in this chapter or after you it's acquire later. the goods. But he's like, you know... You can put that anywhere. It doesn't yeah. actually have to go to Menzo Baranzen. Yeah. The dude just hates that place. Yeah, he says it later. Um, but yeah, they could. In, they discover they can place it anywhere, which is fine. There's plenty of empty spots in the Underdark, especially tr- strategic spots. You might do this. So um, we're going to keep moving because we don't have, you know, I don't want to spend another episode on this, but that's yes. the plan, right? The rest yes. of the book is dedicated to executing that fucking plan yes. and then fighting demons. So it's actually, yeah, very quite quite simple You've got the plan, and each chapter essentially gives you 
one of the things or two of the things in each chapter. Most of the chapters are kind of like a little underwhelming with some exception. The first one being the worm writhings, which is like where you get the purple egg worms and something else. The um, the beholder eyeball. Beholder eyeball. So yeah. this is why I mentioned the beholders earlier. It's actually noted in here like if characters didn't obtain the eye from the beholders in chapter nine, like, oh, so you're saying there's an expectation that players were in the town, were in uh, Mantle Dareth, saw a beholder, killed it, took its eye, and that's a possibility here. Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, you know what? Yeah, that's an option. Players would do that. Players might want to kill a beholder, even if it's not killing people, and 100% would take its eyeball. Fighting the one in this chapter is actually a little bit more difficult because while beholders are very typically uh, isolated creatures, in this, this one's actually got A, a friend, and B, maybe some other cohorts that are trying to help him out. Yes. So not only are you taking on uh, Karazikar, the beholder, but he's got Shadark, Shadrach, a CR6 wizard helping him out. That's not on top an of easy that. Thing. The entire area of the worm writhings where this is all happening is permeated with that stupid drow fog, the yeah. phasres or whatever it's mm -hmm. called. So you can just be getting madness <laughs> like the whole time. Also, at any point after you grab that purple worm egg, a purple worm might just burst through the wall and try to eat you. Gotcha, bitch. So on top of all the random encounters you might have on the travel over here, because again, there's a long distance between any fucking thing in the Underdark. Yeah. You end up at a troglodyte lair, <laughs> you end up in a roper lair, you end up at the worm nursery where you get their eggs. Um, there's a there's a, a smoke alarm going off in my house. There's a lot happening in here, which leads to the vast oblivion, which is the lair of the beholder you mentioned. And yes. he's he's uh, Karazikar, the eye tyrant, I think is the whole name. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. He's got slaves, he's got his wizard. But um, you do learn about something interesting. I think. Do you learn about it here? The, the Modron? Yes. Yes. Because you find him as a prisoner here. Karazakar is interested in the maze engine. And he had captured a pentadrone and became convinced of like the a power duodrome. of this thing. Uh, no, it's a pentadrone. It's a duodrone. I mean, my, duodrome. My, I'm looking at the book. It says right there. Oh. The room holds damage to a drone that Karaskariz captured in hopes of unlocking. Maybe that's an updated version. The, this is like an OG version. Oh, so okay. Pen, yeah, pinch drone. Yeah, captured under. First of all, the maze engine, stupid. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about it in a second. So the they probably fight a beholder. They get its eyeballs. They free the prisoner. Oh no, no. Later it says there's a duo drone. Okay, that's a typo in my book. Then. Ooh, typo fail. They find him. He says, we were part of the Great March. We were going this way. But if you want to go towards whatever, you could go towards this um, the maze. What's it called? The, uh, well, the, the labyrinth. labyrinth. The yeah. labyrinth. Yes, yes, yes. So probably my... The thing that I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. Um, the treasure that you get from killing a beholder normally is pretty solid. And in here, it's 15,000 gold, 1,300 PP, some gems, and a gem of seeing, a necklace of adaptation, and a robe of eyes. Hey, robe of eyes is pretty fun. Is it? It's not super powerful, but it's fun. Is it? Yeah, so that's mostly a coin reward, which you don't have a lot of opportunities to use. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to a lot of, like, robust towns until the end of the adventure. 
So, but, but you can leave. You survive in theory, probably not. Um, and you could go anywhere, right? You can go to any of these places technically in order. Yes, there. As long as you do all the things between chapters twelve and fifteen, you can do it in any order. Twelve and sixteen, you can do them in any order. Correct. Any order is fine. I'm just going to go through them in the order in the yeah. book. The yeah. labyrinth has so much information. There's no way I can go through all of it. The labyrinth is just fuck you, game. I love it. I I mean, I hate it and I love it. There's so yeah. much here. I fucking hate. It's there's so many parts that are like that's stupid. But there's so many cool areas. Like I loved reading about it because I'm like, oh, it's cool that this is happening. But then I'm like, God, you know, you got a bunch of like tenth, eleventh level characters trying to figure out this shit. They're all going to die. There's so much exploring. There's so many random encounters. You could literally just stumble upon a Darren's instant fortress tower yep. that has demons and gargoyles that you have to fight, right? You could find um, gnolls who are trying to trick you. You Constant could, knoll groups. You could be hunted here. by... Um, uh, ye, uh, what's his name? Yinagu. Yinagu? Yeah. You could be literally pursued by him and his gnolls. After Yinagu's already killed... Uh, Garistro. That's, that's, I'm going to get to that, right? Because that's, yeah. that's your goal here is to, to acquire two more items in the list. Yeah. It's not really your goal, but that's what ends up happening. You travel through a lot of different things, right? Uh, the Adamantine Tower. Yep. That's the, the Darrenson Fortress I mentioned. You, where is that battle? Is that the end of the chapter? Uh, uh, it's, I think, uh, Spiral of the Horned King, that chapter. Yeah. You get essentially get to a point where Yinagu is like, I'm a badass, and it's just killing a Garistro, who's like twice as tall as him, right? But has no fucking chance. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can acquire the Garistro heart. You cut it out of there. Mind you, Garistro heart is big as a treasure chest. Yes, massive. And gives players, I think, disadvantage at checks against madness by having in their possession. I think that's what it does. <laughs> uh, and you can also get the blood of a demon lord because Yinagu is actually injured in that little fight. Yes. So those are two things you acquire, but I want to move on to this chapter really quickly because I feel like more importantly is a gallery of angels. Yes, go ahead. Deep within the labyrinth, there's an area where these fallen angels condemned by the gods are turned to stone. Mm-hmm. Six of them. Wait, yep. no, eight, eight of them? Hold on. One, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of them. They're in different poses. They're all sad. They're all still fully conscious in their petrified forms. So they're aware of time passing and their suffering. Players can touch the statues and like feel the sadness or also just take damage from psychic pain Mm -hmm. or also be charmed into stabbing each other or also get a free divination. Like all sorts of cool things can happen. But I want to point out the expectation is that players will chisel the feathers off of these angels and that counts as the angel feathers yes stone feathers count hey it doesn't say they have to be feather feathers dude it makes me so annoyed they can be stone feathers i read it i was like that's so fucking stupid i mean it's i think you know if you really wanted to use stone to flesh you'd bring the angels back and rip their wings off no magic can turn them back well then you gotta chisel a fucking feather off. No spell it. can under the angel's curse or free them from their petrified state. Even if you shatter one of the statues, you can still touch it and feel its pain. Like it still suffers. Well, there you go. And somehow, uh, I think players might come to that conclusion, like, "Well, I just take the feathers from these." But I feel like in my in my heart of hearts, that's dumb. Yeah, because any like good character would never chisel a 
fucking feather off an angel statue. I like feel like this. they should have to do what you said, and you should have to rewrite the book, free them, and get a feather from each of them. Yeah, which I th- like. There should be a challenge to free them. Correct. I think that's like, the better to way to help do them repent for whatever caused them to be in the situation. Correct. All right, moving. But quickly. I think the writers of the book realized the book was long enough, so just chisel that. Just, just chisel the fucking thing off. Call it a fucking day. Now, there's a there's a last section of the labyrinth which has no bearing on the rest of the adventure. It doesn't help anyone. It provides none of the items. It made no sense to me. The only thing that it does do uh, is... It can it buff the players. Ch- it gives you another chance to get demon blood, right? Yeah, you, know, you need demon lord blood. Oh, well, so, the, the, there's a... Nelfishine here. No, you need like the actual demon princes that you're fighting. Oh, fuck. I thought... I thought... I, I remember this, reading this something is no, about... I reread Nelf- this. This has Nelfishnee. no... Nelfishnee is here. There's one here. Yeah. But it doesn't count for the blood. So this has, this is totally optional, has no purpose, except what I'm going to talk about in a second. The maze engine. This is a mechanist thing. The Modrons made this thing. They put it here for some reason to, you know, and they think, hey, it might have potential to aid against the fight of the demon lords. It does not. It is stuck in a crack, <laughs> being guarded by a Nalfeshni named Slaughter Tusk. Great name. Good name. You fight him. You crank the engine on and you spend 12 rounds dealing with what it has to say yeah first it summons methods then it shakes around then it does shit but every turn it has a magical effect and these are the interesting parts but like i don't get it i don't get it either i literally went back and read it again i googled it to find out i don't know what the purposes of this is except for a deck of many things effects basically yeah yeah, I was reading. I'm like, this doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. There are a couple. It's a D100 you're supposed to roll every turn, right? I do. Yeah, it's like you can come here, and I love just if you roll a one on a D100, all your magic is destroyed. Half in, half out. Half of these don't do anything. Half of them are game changing because that one, number one, all of the magic items except for artifacts are gone. The artifacts are cast in the astral plane. Number nine to ten. Do you see it? Yeah. The engine emits a bright flash of white light. All player characters are transported back in time to the beginning of the adventure with all their stuff that they've acquired present. They've leveled, they've got all their gear, but they're in the slave pens. I think that would be utterly hilarious. When I was when I was looking at this up, people had that result, loved it. Said it was awesome. Hilarious like you cuz a you just kill all the drow. You slaughter that town, right? Yeah. Kill can, the demons that show up. You can save ple- people who died, yeah. right? Yeah. You can kill people who were hunting you. You yep. could you could probably stop the demon summoning to begin with. Probably not that, but you could probably stop some of them, yes. You could go find the Kuatobe, like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yes. Right? That would be fucking wild, but 9 to 10, so that you know, you'd roll on this 12 times in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, 40 to 40, no, 36 to 39, each character in direct contact with the engine increases one ability score by two. To a maximum of 24. So this could happen multiple times. That's why they yes. made that number so high, right? Yes. You just get a free level, basically. Pretty much. It's crazy. It can dispense gems. It can summon enemies. It could just play music. This thing is just for a 12-round encounter with RNG. That's what this is. Uh, I like 81 to 100. Uh, all uh, extra planar creatures within 100 miles 
of the engine are instantly returned to their native planes of existence. My question to you, does this send the demon lord that is in the labyrinth back to his home plate? Yes, it would. Okay, well. But he's the only one because everything's so far apart. Great. 100 miles That's is nothing. fucking one less. Yeah, so that's... So. A, right, that, one, that one's great because it might bamf one of them. So that's a weird little thing that's added on. Totally optional, but I love it. Completely and utterly optional. Uh, after that, you might get to Menzo Baranzin. Perhaps the only chapter that is more optional is this one. Yeah. This is where you would place the heart if you had all the stuff. So, so A, this is where you'd place the heart. B, this is where you get the grimoire that you yes. supposedly need, although you later find out you don't need it at all. The nope. dude just wants it. Correct. So you could have you could make the dark heart without it. You don't have to place the heart here. So very literally, this chapter is completely 100% optional. It's just a city encounter. This is where you might spend a day. You, could, you They don't care, really. They don't like you, but you can go to the restaurants. You can go to the shops. You're going to get harassed, probably. You might fight some stuff. There's a beholder here. <laughs> you know? Like... You see the evidence of Demogorgon running through the place. Yes, so he has attacked and they've repelled him. So you see that with a demon, what the demons can she. do. Is it she? Demogorgon? I don't know. Does he have a gender? We'll say she. I don't know if he has Go a ahead. gender. Um, so, you know, there's... Because what's his name? Uh, Grin? He might... Grim? Grin? He might say Gern? Gern Blanston? Grin. Hey, guys, this is my town. I don't want them to blow this up. You know, this is an opportunity for that to happen as well. Or you might make friends here. Mm-hmm. There are allies you might have. Here. Tons. Tons. Tons of NPC options here. So this is purely a city RP day, right? If also, you wanted that. Very interestingly, this is the only place that you find any kind of concentration of mind flayers in this entire adventure. Yeah, well, mind flayers tend to live on the outskirts of places. So. I know, which is weird that this chapter is the only place that you find groups of them at any point. Well, they're not like... They're not normal mind flayers. But I'm just saying, like, an entire adventure in the Underdark, and this is the one chance you have to have a group encounter with mind flayers. There's yes. no Elder Brain that you run into. Not even as a random encounter. There's so many random encounters in this Imagine randomly book. stumbling into a mind flayer colony. Yeah, there's no, they're not a single mind flayer colony just that you fucked. possibly run into. And so, I don't know, I honestly don't know why they did that in this book. I don't know. Mind flayers have an exceptionally high challenge rating. Yeah. By themselves. And in pairs, they're even worse. Yeah, but but it's in line for what this book is throwing at you, you know. So that's true. Know. It felt weird. So you know, a lot of city encounters here. Whatever you might get the book. That's kind of the big thing, and then you might come back here to plant the the talisman once you've made it. And this is the chapter where Grin confesses everything. That's those are the big yes. points. Yeah. Um, but again, the order of this is kind of optional, but just reading it the chapters they come, because chapter 16 is a wedding that you mentioned last episode. It's a nice day for a green wedding. Fetid, fetid wedding is what the chapter is called. Yeah, but that's a disgusting word. It's just green. This is where Zugtmoy, demon queen of fungi, wants to merge herself with Arumikos. Arumisos? Whatever. The fucking giant fungus you might have seen earlier at um, yes. at the glow Neverlight Grove. Aramicos. 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 I don't know because I'm to think it, it sounds Greek. I'm trying to say it like the Greek way. Well, because um, uh, what are the what are the stupid mushroom people called? Myconids. Myconid. So that that how that's sad, right? We myconos. 
Mycos. So the only reason the players would get here is because they get a vision. Fun fact, in this, it very clearly states that Aramikos is the largest life form in the Underdark and perhaps in all of the world. Which is a, It's an interesting thing. Like, like think Redwood and multiply by like 10. Because it's a fungus. It's a network. It's not just like yeah. one thing. It's a network of fungus. Like one a organism. demon queen can live inside of it. So, yeah, she wants to merge with that thing. And somehow players get a vision from the sovereign Basidia they encountered maybe in the Neverlight Grove before. Mm-hmm. So just like the king sent a letter saying, hey, come help. She sends a vision, says, hey, come fucking help. <laughs> help me help um, me you know the mycodid are being uh drawn to the colony to be part of this merger because she uh-huh. wants to she wants the largest life force on earth basically to eat him that's kind of her goal she wants to take his energy basically mm-hmm. um hey look, look at that random encounters <laughs> but players eventually just just real fast on this random encounter table oh okay Two-headed troll. No. Death tyrant. If I kill this death tyrant, <laughs> does its eye count for the beholder eye that I need? Nope, doesn't have eyes. Oh! Doesn't have eyes, dude. Well, then that really sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, fighting a death tyrant would suck on its own. Yes, but not getting anything out of it afterwards is so, the worst. Meanwhile, Jubilex has heard about the wedding and is trying to fuck it up. As well he should. Because he doesn't want her to have the power she's going to get. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of crazy stuff happens, but eventually players get launched in the fucking astral plane to yes. talk to Aramikos and say, hey, listen, this is bad. And they go floating away to find him. He's just manifested as a skull the size of a fucking mountain. Oh, my God. It's really cool. It's it's a weird section, and it's just, it's fun. I don't know. You it's start weird. tinkering with the skull. You draw the attention of Zygtmoy. The fungus wakes up, uh, and it's at that point that Jubilex attacks Zugtmoy. They fight each other. You can run, which I would advise, or you stick around and fight Jubilex, who eats Zugtmoy. Yep. He eats her, and you fight his weakened form. Which isn't weakened. Like, it says that, but it is not. 200 hit points, no legendary resistances, no eject slime, and no lair actions, so... Still, and you get a lot of allies to fight. If I was a DM, that, I wouldn't want to run this. But, but now wait, it's thirty Mykonid adults and thirty-two Drowspor servants. They're challenge rating half and an eighth, respectively. Honestly, a fucking like eighth level fighter could probably take thirty-two Drowspor servants. But you can like, use them as body shields. Yes, that that is the one. So everyone's got to be ranged and take out those two hundred hit points quickly. Yeah, basically. So, so if you're if you're level eleven at this point. It is very doable because you've all got, you know, casters have three dice on your cantrips. You know, you've got six level spells. You know, you're you're probably doing some damage at this point. That this is, is fair. And, um, you know, one of you might die. One of you might die. This is where you get the mushrooms you need for the tablet, though. So Or the talisman, though. But this all rounds out in the end of the adventure, which is you make the talisman, you place it somewhere, you summon the demon lords to fight each other. The recommendation for this is actually really great in that for the DM, it's like you should let each of your players take control of a demon lord and fight each other. Ooh, that's an idea. Which is which is genius. Yes, because A, that takes session out of your hands. You just let them go. Yep. Let them fight, yep. you know? Um, 
one quick correction though the few drops of blood or ichor from the demon lord you can get that uh in chapter 14 as well we talked about that a little bit ago you, not just from Jublex, but from the horn of the Garistro in chapter four. That's what I'm saying. It was you know Yinagu's blood. Yeah, you can't get it from a Nalfeshni. Or or not? Yeah, or or you can fight Jublex. Let's go ahead. We're oh yeah, you can say you can get it from Jublex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're fighting each other. However, unfortunately, the end result is always the same. Um, Demogorgon is the winner of the fight. So my question to you is: Do you have Demogorgon even in the fight, just in case you know all the? Uh, all the party decides, hey, we're all going to kill Demogorgon just to fuck the book up and just and keep that one out? Or do you put Demogorgon in the fight? Uh, I can do Ex Machina, that shit. You know, like, oh, hey, the maze engine actually worked and Demogorgon's the only one left. Uh, <laughs> like, I think I would just leave Demogorgon out of the fight. He shows up just, later, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, he shows up just in time to kill whoever the last person standing Players was. might get the Wand of Orcus to help them, <laughs> which yeah, is great. Yeah, all the shit that these people drop is fucking hilarious. There's treasure, yep. But <laughs> weakened Demogorgon, being wounded, still has 290 hit points. Uh, only one legendary resistance. Unfortunately, he doesn't get to use Feeble Minds. And da -da 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 -da, minus five penalty as attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. So, you know... Pretty bad. Yeah. But I want to go find his stats. Oh, here I got them for you. They're in stat block in Appendix D. Appendix D, there it is. Demogorgon, there he is. <clears throat> so 290 down from 496 hit points. So minus five on his attacks. Say he, I don't know, makes a tentacle attack. Melee weapon attack, 10 foot reach. Okay, okay, okay. Plus 17 to hit. So minus five plus twelve still, plus yep. twelve. Yep. He's always gonna hit you. He's gonna he's he's gonna hit more often than not. He is really gonna hit you. Um, and uh, while he may have lost feeble mind, uh, he still has dispel magic, fear, and telekinesis at his. He disposal. he can't use one of those like dispel magic or fear. Maybe something else is has been used at least once. No 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 no. It says uh. As are all but one use yeah, yeah. of Dispel Magic, Fear, Intelligence. So he can use one of those each, one of those each, right? Yes. So still lots, but his gazes are the big thing, right? Oh, yeah. Beguiling, hypnotic, insanity gaze, which is just confusion, confusion. without a fucking saving throw. Yes. Just DC 23 wisdom saving throw on the gaze. Can't then, you know. <laughs> and then you're confused. Then you're confused, which is fucked up. So the adventure basically culminates in a fight against Demogorgon, and then you kind of have to deal with the after effects. You know, what do you do with the book? What do you do with Valet? What's his name? The wizard. Viserin. Viserin, thank you. Going back to Gauntlegrim, like just wrapping everything up at that point. And in theory, your players are dead or gods. Because yeah. you've, you've done this. Yeah. I it's, mean, they give you a bunch of stuff like loose threads and bullshit, but it's like, fuck that. No, we're leaving the Underdark and we're never coming back. Never again. Ever in my life. Ever. I, I, I spit on the fucking face of anyone that tells me to go back there. Right. I'm going to go take all the gold that I encountered uh, and this really nice book that I've got. <laughs> and I'm going to start my own kingdom. I'm going to go live Where in the fucking library, probably. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go up top. 
I'm going to go to whatever spot in the world gets like 20 hours of sunlight a day. And that's where I'm going to set up my kingdom. It's a lot of sunlight. Yeah. No, no drow there, right? Yeah. No drow, no beholders, no bullshit. All right. So we've gone kind of long overall. What do you think of this massive adventure? Yeah. Very massive adventure. Um, honestly, uh, for the sheer craziness of it, I feel like it would have been a lot of fun to play. Um, it would take a DM that would have to definitely, whereas with other pre-mates, you can kind of just, as long as you know the adventure, go into it each session without much preparation. But this one would definitely require preparation before each session. It's, again, just like with Prince of the Apocalypse, where like this character goes here. If you fought this guy, this guy goes yeah. here. You don't need to know that stuff. You just need to know where everything is and where everybody is because there's so many things you might encounter. Yes. There's just so many people. And you know what? Maybe for me, because I come from a background of making homebrews, maybe making all of them makes it easier to retain all the NPCs, right? Like, oh, yeah, of course I remember that guy's here because I made him for this purpose. It feels harder to manage all of these things. Yeah. Because they're just um, they're just names in a page. So yeah. So from a PC perspective, uh, crazy time. Uh, from a DM perspective, crazy time, but probably in a less fun way. I would say probably super fun to play through. Yeah. Super hard to DM. So, super uh, fun if you don't mind dying. If you're a guy that hates losing a character, this is not your adventure. My book review says probably a seven or eight out of ten. I was going to give it uh, four stars out of five for a PC and uh, three for a DM. Okay, so that averages out to be basically the same thing. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Okay, we did it. Holy God, we survived out to out of and then back into and then back out of the abyss. You know, what? you get you get knocked down, but you get up again. Then you get knocked down. Yep. Then you get back up again. Book will never keep you down. All right, everybody. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. I have given up on getting the podcast to work on Google. Sorry. It's okay. Feel free to send us your topics that you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I love hearing from you on Twitter that you are enjoying these episodes, so thank you to those people. I haven't heard from anybody that's not enjoying it. So at this point, shut up. <laughs> uh, and as always, we will see you next time. Till then. <laughs>